Bismillahirrahmanirrahim In the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful How to think like a CEO and act like a leader Practical insights for performance and results By Michael F. Andrew Chapter 6 Be candid and courageous The only real security I know of is a store of resourcefulness acquired by meeting trouble head-on and looking it squarely in the eye. Danny Thomas, actor. Jack Welch, the retired chairman of GE, devoted an entire chapter in his best-selling book winning to the topic of candor. Mr. Welch refers to candor as the biggest dirty little secret in business. Of course, he provides some clear business reasons why candor leads to winning. My focus is on associating candor with personal integrity as a leader. Being candid is all about treating issues coldly, treating issues coldly and people warmly. Chapter 1. Being candid takes courage. Leadership is often leadership is so often about courage. It takes courage to provide sensitive feedback or have difficult conversations. It takes courage to be bold and make tough decisions. It takes courage to admit a mistake. It takes courage to step up and lead an initiative. It takes courage to do the right thing. It takes courage to have integrity in difficult situations. The intangibles in your character, as demonstrated by your daily interactions, such as being honest and candid, result in your doing business with integrity. We all work for a living. Work is just that. Work, hopefully, you enjoy your work. You get paid for your work. Being candid is an unwritten responsibility of every leader at work. You therefore get paid for being candid. I'm talking about being candid in a respectful way that maintains a person's dignity. Being candid is a quality that everyone within an organization recognizes and respects. This may sound like common sense, but in your opinion, is it common practice? This is where the carriage part comes in. It takes courage to be candid and honest, to be straightforward in your dealings with people, and to do it consistently and with the proper spirit and intent. How many times, how many times has someone not returned your call or your phone call because he or she was uncomfortable delivering a difficult message to you? How many times have you done the same thing? I don't want to blame anyone here. (coughs) Being candid is difficult for most of us because we are raised to be respectful and kind to one another. On the other hand, not being candid is essentially a form of not being kind and respectful. Returning that difficult phone call is not only about being candid, it is about common courtesy. It is easy to follow up with people when the news is good. Being the giver of good news can be fun. But work is work. 
Leaders are paid to lead. A lead can be difficult. And leading can be difficult. Being candid is about being honest, direct, and in the process respectful. I guarantee though people may not like the message, they will appreciate your honesty with them. A candid illustration. One of the most one of the smartest one of the smartest CFOs I have ever met provided me with this illustration. Stephen is the CFO and COO of a profitable venture in the healthcare industry. This example of candor took place a number of years ago when Stephen worked with another firm. <coughs> While working as the CFO of a small entrepreneurial company, I hired a well-experienced man to be the controller. I needed relief. I needed relief from my day-to-day tasks to allow me to focus more strategically on business issues. I intentionally hired someone from a larger company because I wanted to introduce more big company processes and controls into our fledgling enterprise. The guy was technically very sound. However, after several months, I noticed his effectiveness was diminishing eventually to the point where I was spending more time fixing problems than it would have taken just to do this, just to do his job myself. At first, I assumed he just needed more time to adapt. Then I noticed that uh, no matter how early I arrived at the office, he was already there and clearly had been for a while. Also, no matter how late I left, he was still there and clearly dug in for several more hours. I respected hard work as much as anyone, but I realized I was watching a meltdown that was not going to stop. I had really come to like this man personally. I had learned about his family and found we knew several people in common, including his next-door neighbor, who coincidentally was my cousin. I came to realize I had to make a change. When we sat down to talk, I tried to be compassionate but candid. I told him, It was very clear to me that the current situation was not going to work, that despite his being a very talented accountant, he simply was not adapting well to our entrepreneurial environment. Working harder was not the answer. I expected a bad confrontation. I was surprised that instead I got complete agreement from him. He was clearly relieved to find that I recognized and respected his talents and knowledge. He also agreed that his problems were simply due to a mismatch between his work style and our culture. Right in front of my eyes, I saw a man who had entered my office looking completely defeated, change into the self-confident professional I had interviewed. Together, we worked out a transition plan that allowed him to finish a few projects over several weeks while interviewing for a new job, allowing me to interview his successor. By being very candid, treating the issue coldly and the person warmly, I was able to eliminate a bad situation for my company, me and the controller restore a man's self-confidence and implement a solution that benefited all. He was absolutely relieved and we stayed in contact 
well after he found a new job back in a large corporate environment. I've never forgotten the lessons I learned from that experience nearly 15 years ago, and I know it has made me a better leader. <coughs> Don't be like the leadership consulting firm I am familiar with that espouses their key principles for dealing with people. Although they consistently practice their key principles of maintaining a person's self-esteem, etc., they have proven themselves to be remiss at demonstrating candor. Saying nice things is easy. Confronting the difficult conversations takes candor and courage. We often hear executives state our people are our greatest asset. This greatest asset needs to be treated as such and it starts with a respectful candor. Disingenuous kindness is not acceptable. Don't hesitate to confront issues head on. Face them. It will distinguish you as a leader. As my good friend and accountant Mark uh, Manganelli told me, do it as soon as is practical. Do it as soon as is practical so you don't carry a dreaded feeling around with you which can be unproductive. The sooner you address the issue, the sooner it will be resolved and you will feel a sense of accomplishment. Here are some tips to follow before having that candid discussion. One, gather the facts about the issue and the business uh, rationale for your point of view or decision. Two, state your decision clearly, directly, and to the point while maintaining the other person's self-esteem slash dignity. Three, be prepared to listen to and understand the other person's point of view. Four, be ready to articulate the rationale, the business case, the benefit to the greater good, and perhaps the benefit to the person if applicable. Five, reassure the person that you understand and respect not only his or her point of view, but that you respect the person as well. Six, as stated in chapter one, treat the issue coldly and the person warmly. Think of a situation where it will be necessary to be candid and honest. How will you demonstrate candor? Alhamdulillah. Praise be to Allah. That's the end of chapter six.